You're listening to Affected by Altitude, a Colorado Rockies podcast for and by Rockies fans on Rocky Mountain Rooftop. Thank you for joining us as we discuss all things baseball and Colorado Rockies. Everybody, welcome here to another edition of Affected by Altitude, a Colorado Rockies podcast, part of the Rocky Mountain Rooftop banner under the Fans for Sports Network. I am your host, Skylar Timmons, and joined here, as always, by the cheesehead himself, Evan Lang. Go, back, go. Gotta, gotta let those colors fly. Uh, welcome to Affected by Altitude, where we get all our dumbest bits out of the way before we record. So what does that say about the bits we include on the show? They're even worse <laughs> and may or may not be repeated again and again. Yes, true. <laughs> we won't expand, but uh, it involved go- goatees and soul patches and evil versions of certain uh, Starship Enterprise crew managing the Rockies. It wasn't even an evil version of an actual like Star Trek cast member. <laughs> oh, no. It was just evil Bud Black. Having to deal with members of the Star Trek cast. Yes. <laughs> this is the dumb stuff that we have to get out of our system before the recording starts. Yes, because I could fill the whole podcast doing that, running those bits. But uh, we need to talk about Rocky's baseball, which is fun stuff. And uh, we have to. It's division. It's divisional matchup weekend. There's not a lot going on. It's but true. we we dutifully endeavor to be here. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, it's interesting here is uh, we're kind of restructuring or trying to figure out, you know, reshape things for the 2024 season here with Rocky Mountain Rooftop and and everything. So uh, part of that, we figured, hey, well, let's try to include Pebble Report podcasts, bring that kind of thing back in. Um, maybe some episodes throughout the year that focus in on the minor leagues a little bit more. And hey, that seemed like a perfect opportunity here because eh, there's not a lot of major league stuff going on to talk about. But hey, a lot of focus on prospects, international signing period. Baseball America dropped their top 100 prospects. Uh, The Purple Rope prospects lists are happening. They're starting to get doled out the rankings over at purplerow.com. And uh, so figured this is our pseudo, no new, whatever you want to call it, our prospect report episode type thing. Looking forward. Pebbles affected by prospects. I mean, aren't we all? Mm, Yes, deeply. Except for you, Stephen. Steve Foster. Okay, off to a roaring start. <laughs> oh goodness! Yeah, there's really not a lot of big league news happening right now, so this is a good week for it. I think the probably the most exciting thing that's happened recently was that uh, good old former Colorado Rockies uh, pitcher Robert Stevenson, aka Bob Steve, finally got signed to a contract with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim of California of Orange County. So good for him, but there's just a whole lot of sitting and waiting. Um, There's still no Rockies TV deal. 
Mm -hmm. and uh rockies fest is next weekend that'll be interesting and hall of fame announcement is this coming out is the day after you're hearing this on monday so the week after we'll have some stuff to talk about (laughs) and potentially we might drop a a hall of fame specific show of some way on tuesday if yeah the best comes to pass but like skylar said what better time to talk about prospects because it's the international signing period indeed yeah so the international signing period doesn't it mostly just open up and then it just runs throughout the whole year yeah, but there's everything. like one there's like one day where everything finally drops into place. Yeah, that's the big Black Friday sale. Everything must go. They're going to go snag up all the prospects. But yeah, that happened recently. And this is huge for the Rockies, I think. Because as we know, Rockies are really rooted in Latin America. They spend a lot of resources there. And yeah, well, we might may complain. Like, yeah, man, why don't they put resources no, for, in Japan and, and things they've talked about like they put so many resources into Latin America because that's where they can really you know, make an impact because with the international free agents from like Japan KBO you're up against paying like top dollar for again with the Dodgers the Yankees those top teams so in the international market instead we're competing to to sign 16 17 year olds or whatever and uh, setting them up on that path so it they do a lot of good stuff, I think, in that international signing, especially down Dominican Republic and and down there in Latin America. So there's some pretty good roots down there. It's wild to me how early the the team starts signing these kids. They're, I mean, yeah. literally kids. Like we call some minor leaguers and prospects kids because they're so young, but these are literally still children. <laughs> yeah, we are calling. Sean Bouchard, a 27-year-old, of let the kids play. Like, the dude's as old as I am. Versus, you know, one of the the top international prospects that we signed over this period. He's 16. Wow. Already making more money than I'll ever see in my life. Yeah, that signing bonus is, uh, is like 15 to 20 years of me working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to have to start writing a lot more articles. Uh, yeah, so I think that's the thing to always remember is that the Rockies do a lot of, I guess they do a lot of good work there in scouting out Latin America and we look at the past history uh, of names that have come out of there. Look at Ubaldo Jimenez, one of the best pitchers in Rockies history, drafted and developed by the Rockies, signed out, out of Latin America and then ascends through. Same with guys like Shasin and and Franklin Franklin Morales, Manny Corpus, tons of guys that have had an impact on the big league roster. Ezekiel Tovar now on the roster, and a lot of prospects that are coming up in the next wave, like Yankeel Fernandez and Adel Amador. We'll talk about some of these guys later on in the show. So, yeah, like if you if you pull up the the Rockies top prospect list right now, there's a bunch of these guys who you know, were signed via the Rockies Latin American pipelines. And especially in the Dominican Republic, where at their DSL facility, um, where former Rockies pitcher Pedro Astacio is a coach, mm-hmm. 
they pour they have poured a lot of monies and resources money money and resources into that facility and that pipeline and they've received some praise for it as well like it's not it's not nothing to cough at we we knock all the time that the rockies say that they're a draft and develop team while being terrible at drafting and developing but this is one of those things where they have especially in recent years really been been doing things right in terms of scouting money and resources um out of these latin american pipelines yeah a lot of the time it's they're good at the drafting part they're bad at the development part and but it's a whole other can of worms to get into but international signing it's time for them to really start stocking up even more arms again as they fluctuate cycle in and out talent and new prospects to begin their journey through the big leagues and who knows maybe one day they'll get up there like an ezekiel tovar 20 years old and be ready to to make a big impact but a lot of names we can't really run through all of them but one of the big focuses for the rockies that sit under bill schmidt especially it's been gathering pitching evan where it just seems like whether it be the 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 draft in trades in signings and here in the international market a lot of pitching being taken by the rockies yeah probably the most impressive guy on the list that the rockies picked in terms of pitching is going to be number 35 international prospect he's a right-hander out of santa domingo dominican the 17 year old oscar pujols he's so at 17, he's six foot two and weighs 165 pounds. And the fact that he's still got room to, to grow and develop further physically um, is another thing that makes a lot of these young guys so interesting. Because, um, you know, right now his fastball sits, you know, tops out at like 92. But you keep in mind that he's 17 and they're pretty high on the fact that he can continue to uh, add more velocity on as he continues to grow. But it's also that he's already got a couple really solid breaking pitches that have plus potential, uh, a change up and a curveball that the Rockies both really, really like. Um, and currently, um, you know, looking at the report out of MLB pipeline, what they praise for him is an easy, repeatable delivery and three pitch repertoire that features a fastball, curveball, and changeup. This team uses the same arm action and delivery on all of his pitches, which will serve him well as he progresses through the minor leagues. Scouts have also noted Pujols' aggressiveness and strike throwing ability. Nice. So that we'll was that, strike throwing. That's probably the guy that I am am the most high on right now. Um. Mm-hmm in terms of the pitchers we took, but they did, they did take a lot of, a lot of pitchers this year. Um, so outside of Oscar Pujols, they picked up, uh, Carlos Matarea, uh, Julian Barbosa, Raver Camacho, Brian Fernandez, John Dre Liscano, which I'm probably not pronouncing any of these right. So I apologize. <laughs> uh, Marcos Pimentel, Manuel Garcia, and then uh, Maximo Gonzalez, which, as we noted in the pre-show, that's the most Gonzalez you can get. Mm-hmm. There's also Gregory Sanchez thrown in there. Oh, did I miss Gregory Sanchez? I think so. But he was another one of those. He's one of those highly ranked, you know, right-handed pitchers coming out of the Dominican Republic. Gregory Sanchez, and yeah, a lot of focus. And this is what. Uh, 
Rolando Fernandez said, the Rockies' vice president of international scouting and development, in an article by Thomas Harding, we are always looking for pitching. The difference between the international market and the draft is that there is a draft. So there's plenty of time for the scouts to see the pitchers at a high, higher competition level. So there's a lot more high school and college pitching in the draft. But if we see a guy who can start at a particular level and he has a power arm, we go after him. We go back to Ubaldo, Corpus, Morales. We haven't forgotten about that, but there is competition in the international market. Everybody's trying to do the same thing because of the lack of starting pitching. So it's like we were saying before, this you're going to take a lot more gambles. You don't have the time maybe to properly sit and scout a guy out because some other team may come along. So if you're interested, you got to go look for those, you know, just kind of like key mark, keynote things. Okay, he's got a power arm and he can repeat his delivery. He looks good. Let's get him and go from there. Yeah, it it's there's definitely a quantity over quality aspect, but you're still looking for top guys. But you yeah. look at in November, the Rockies signed two more pitchers, Andres Herrera and Moises Meza. And then in December, they signed another four in Angel Inf- uh, Angel Infante, Ulises Reyes, Uri Pineda, and Freddie Hernandez, all to minor league contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, probably starting in the Dominican Summer League, because um, these are these are these are just kids, like like we've been saying. But it's definitely been the clear focus under this current regime with the Rockies of pitching, pitching, pitching both in the international market and in just regular minor league signings. And I think that's the the right way to go about it is the Rockies need to hit way more on developing pitching than other teams might need to. But that doesn't mean that you don't want to, you know, reach out and grab some other top international prospects who are position players. The Rockies signed a, a couple guys throughout this whole period, um, a couple of middle infielders, a couple catchers, um, Honestly, mostly in middle infielders and catchers. Uh, we signed one uh, outfielder in Anderson Tovar out of Venezuela. No relation. We looked. Um, but then we signed a couple catchers in Nicholas Ortiz and Roy E.D. Brito. And then Danny Cancro and who's the other guy? Ariel DeHigo. But the the big non-pitcher that we signed, probably the the biggest name that we got uh, out of this whole international draft is the 17th overall ranked international prospect. And that is 16 year old shortstop, Ashley Andujar. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, he is, I mean, as a 16 year old, he is as toolsy as it comes. He's got a plus in pretty much everything. Plus hit plus power, plus run, plus arm, plus field. He's a switch hitter, which the Rockies have been high on a lot of these switch hitting guys. Um, look at guys like Adele Amador, who switch hits. Um, and uh, his big focus is he's already got pretty impressive play discipline. Uh, looking at his scouting report, says that he rarely strikes out and doesn't often swing and miss. He's also aggressive on the base path and looking for opportunities to steal. He's not a burner in terms of speed, but he's projected to get faster and add more power. Uh, defensively, he's a natural shortstop with soft hands and plus arm potential, makes routine plays as well as more difficult stops. Scouts have applauded his awareness, range, and noted good internal clock. Mm-hmm. And, and looking here even more, uh, some more content over on Mill B. They're talking about they've tracked him 
out of Child Baseball Academy for about three years. They feel confident as possible in their projection of his athletic ability. And they're comparing him a lot to Ezekiel Tovar. And from what I see, they see a lot of Tovar in him and what Tovar has been doing. But Thomas Harding says here, uh, the Rockies see Anjahar's current abilities, both physical, a disciplined approach, a strong arm and sure hands on defense, and intangible awareness and a clean, keen internal clock. More importantly, they project him growing into an athlete who will find a way to have an impact. Fernando Tatis Jr. was six foot when he signed, and Juan Soto was six foot tall and about 190. So these guys get bigger and stronger, Fernandez said. You're not always right, but we are banking on the body projection and body strength during his development. Tovar was five foot eight when I first saw him, and he was about 14. So, like like we were saying, it's gambles you never quite know. But it's nice to see here the Rockies say like we're confident in the projection of how these guys can get better, and you know, they usually have worked out pretty well with a lot of these uh, you know, international signings, and especially these guys that they pinpoint like you're going to be a star of some kind. You can come be an impact player, and we have confidence in that. Good stuff. Yeah, and it it really is. It goes to show, you know, you look at the, these quotes from Rolando Fernandez and how the Rockies are scouting and trying to develop and expand their reach in these Latin American markets. Um, like they talk, these, these articles from Thomas Harding are really interesting um, because it sort of breaks down a little bit how they go about things um, where, you know, like, like you just said in that quote is, you know, they were, talking with Ezekiel Tovar since he was 14. Um, and it's the same here. They sign these guys in groups where they're going out and they are consistently, you know, watching these kids develop as they grow up. And these are in these big baseball countries. And it's, it's really interesting to see how that process plays out. Yeah. And it's, it's like with any other prospect that we look at, we, we just don't know what they're going to turn out to be, if it'll be successful. But the initial signings can be you know, exciting with the idea of potential and then matter of them reaching that potential over the course of the next like four years or so. Eh, who knows? Four or five years. Oh, yeah. And, and we have so many guys right now who are international free agents who are either, you know, on the cusp of the bigs or getting really close to it. Uh, Adele Amador, the team's number one ranked prospect on a lot of different metrics. Uh, Yankiel Fernandez has looked great. I believe they were both part of the same international draft class. Uh, Julio Carreras, who's been really wowing in uh, Dominican winter ball this year. Mm -hmm. uh, Jordi Vargas, who was not a particularly big name uh, international free agent, but really has been developing and impressing well down in the in the minor league system and then you've got you know ezekiel tovar who is you know just finished his first year of being the rockies starting shortstop he almost won a gold glove he was one of the single best rookie shortstops in baseball mm -hmm. and and that all comes from this international scouting effort and i would love mm -hmm. to see you know, as we mentioned earlier, I'd love to see the Rockies try and put these same efforts in, you know, overseas in places like Korea and Japan. But for right now, at least they're they're doing things in a meaningful way in Latin America. Yeah. And, and like we said, it's 
These are because you can get these young players, you know, into your system. Out of Latin America, you can get them on the ground floor when they're teenagers. Whereas, you know, over in Korea and Japan, it's these guys are like in their mid to late twenties, early thirties, and there's a lot more costs that have to come beyond that. Sometimes with posting teams and everything, so they're getting a lot of more bang for their buck. I think cost effective coming out of the you know Latin America and everything. So we are good seeing stuff. some inklings of change out of the Japanese system. Um, I'm trying to remember his name. There's the um the kid who decided that he was going to eschew the NPB draft and he was going to come play college ball in America so mm-hmm. that he could get drafted by an MLB team and skip all of the posting shenanigans. Mm-hmm. So there's paths type of thing. But uh yeah. But international market deadline, there'll probably be more signings scattered throughout here, but the big batch of the top guys, a couple of them are in the Rocky system now. And now we wait to see how they develop over the course of the year. They'll be down in the DSL. There's always probably most of these guys will just be down there in the DSL. Maybe a couple will get up into the States with like the Arizona complex league, at least. Yeah. So, I always, for, I always, I'm not a hundred percent clear on how, if they need to hit a certain age, like if they need to, I, be they need to hit like eighteen. I think so. They can come over to the Arizona Complex League. I think so. Type of thing. It might deal with like a. I don't know. There's probably like inter- probably laws. <laughs> there's there's probably, laws of some kind. There's probably laws. Skyler Timmons, 2024. <laughs> yep, that'll be our next T-shirt. There's probably laws, but we know one thing, Evan. There is a Lawrence of Arabia. No, of the Rockies bullpen. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I know you mean Justin Lawrence, but I, I don't know what bit you're going for with this. There are laws. There's a Lawrence. Oh, there's a J, there's at least one law, and his name is J Law. Hmm. But anyways. We'll take a quick break here, and when we come back, we'll talk about some more uh, prospect rankings here within the Rocky system, as well as Baseball America. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hello, and welcome back here to Affected by Altitude. I'm Skylar. That's Evan, bringing you Rocky's content. Some good, some bad. Some in between, and some from column A and column B. But we're talking prospects, Evan. We're not talking about the game. We're talking about prospects. That's right. We are digging for gold and silver here on Affected by Altitude. There's players in them bar hills. Yes. And there's, who's it, the Pirates that uh, signed Iverson Allen? I, Iverson Allen is wild to me. Because he is also registered at the same playing height and weight as Allen Iverson was. Mm. So I just can't help but think of just like Allen Iverson and a big fake mustache. Mm-hmm. Being like, yeah, I'm going to play baseball now. The old Bobby Valentine treatment. <laughs> but yeah, so we're talking about these prospects. And if you follow work over at purplerow.com. Uh, Which you should. Yeah. 
they every year there's the Purple Row uh, prospects rankings that by the community, and people compile their own top thirty lists and submit them and kind of put in votes, and then they're just kind of compiled and averaged out to then uh, Jeff Aberly over there compiles uh, them and then writes out some really good prospect rankings lists and talking about just how the community voted and uh it's always good stuff so that's getting underway there's an article i think monday through friday at least every day uh currently ranking down starts at 30 for the main ones of solo guys starting at 30 and gotten a couple of those in at the moment so we don't know who's number one yet as voted on by the community i have a good idea of who it is but uh what do you but I'll ask this question to you Evan what do you consider when ranking prospects like how what, what process or how do you go about you know, figuring out how to rank guys is it personal preference is it looking for a specific thing is it just because you like a guy's name I think it's a mix of everything honestly because there is no such thing as being truly objective when it comes to ranking prospects we can mm-hmm. we can always try to do that but there's always going to be something that makes you um need to differentiate some guys i try and look at you know scouting reports and what their their future future values are what their individual tools are you compare that with the things that they are currently doing in the minor league system um how they played in college how they played in the dsl how they're doing in the in the current rockies minor league system and then there are some guys that you just really like. For example, um, number 30 in our perps rankings this year is uh, right-handed pitcher Victor Juarez out of Mexico. And I probably would have ranked him higher than 30 because I personally am very, very high on him. But, you know, it's really interesting to see how these all sort of shake out, especially when you're doing sort of voting and, and list choices um, for our, our perps listings. But... You know, there's always guys who are going to make the cut and guys who aren't. And I think there's generally a consensus on who your top guys are versus the the rest of the pack. We were talking about this a little bit before the show, but it's a lot easier to sort of suss out your top 10 versus uh, 11 through 30. Uh-huh. Yeah, because <laughs> it's you can just pick names out of a hat at that point almost because guys are different levels they're different kind of projections there are a lot of your oh this guy was a third round fourth round pick but he's doing pretty good had a good season he jumps up my rankings whereas your top 10 i feel like are a lot easier to rank because like okay my top three i have a pretty good idea who that is Mm -hmm. four through seven yeah pretty easy and then the last three oh yeah pretty easy to figure out who just squeaks in at 10 and then there's always going to be guys who you know you have on your list that maybe no one else is going to have on theirs for mm-hmm. example a guy i'm really high on that you don't really see on any rockies prospect rankings is relief pitcher zach agnes who played with the uh, fresno grizzlies in the 2023 season uh, originally a two-way player out of eastern carolina um, really turned it an excellent season with the Grizzlies last year. Mm-hmm. He's high on my list. 
Like, I, I don't know. I don't think I would put him, you know, top 10 or anything like that. Cause like we said, there's a lot more of a consensus for those, but if I had to pick my, you know, top 30 guys that I'm high on, he'd be on that list. And I don't know if he would be on other people's lists. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's so subjective. There's like no, no real answer to some of these lists for people to make. Like that's, <laughs> that's the nice thing about lists is they're opinion based. And you no, know, people don't don't all d agree. You no, know, people don't all agree with who would be the number one. Now, there's a pretty well consensus for who would be your number one, number two, but even those are are subject to to people's beliefs and, and opinions and everything. So it's it's pretty interesting to to figure out and see what people's thought process is. It's the cool thing is that. This is community-based, the Purple Row ones. It's community-based of people that you know, fill out their their ranking list and put it in the comments on the initial article, and then those votes get compiled in. So it's not the sometimes not the biggest sample size, but still for those active community members, you know, they're involved. They get those ranking prospects out, and it gives a good, you know, a, I guess, a platform and place to see what are our fans thinking what are fans some fans thinking how would they rank the prospects type thing because there's a very active little community there at purple row see a lot of the the same names interacting on articles and a lot of good comments there they drive a lot of those comments and everything so it's just cool to see community get involved in this type of process instead of you know joe schmo over at such and such publication oh here's my top 30 prospects yeah and as we've uh, as we've seen with the hall of fame voting a lot of established guys uh we are not necessarily the biggest fans of their opinions mm -hmm. <laughs> but it is really interesting to look at because like skylar you and i if you asked us who our number one prospect in the rockies organization is we'd probably say the same thing right maybe who would you consider your number one prospect in the team right now for me i still look at like projected and like impact for me it's still zach veen but by a thread all right so i was wrong then because yeah. i agree with the general consensus that adele amador is currently our top prospect yeah and like it's uh, like veen by a thread just because I, I think of the impact. And that's part of my thing when I look at him is, okay, what was this projected no impact going to be? How well was he regarded? And to me, Zach Veen's still highly regarded. He's just been injured because he was being a foolish teenager. I can play through injury. And then, no, you can't. You fool. But hope, luckily he's healthy now and he's... We'll get into this other stuff with prospects to watch. But Amador is like right there, right behind him by like a hair. Yeah. And if you look at if you go back to the the polling thread where we look at all of our all of where people submitted votes, a lot of people have Veen still pretty high. Yeah. Um, 
And I do think I do think Veen Veen is not exactly lowly ranked for MLB pipeline. He's still like number five for the organization. And I think he's going to surge back up lists mid season now that he's healthy and has a chance to sort of reestablish himself as a top prospect. Yeah. Um, But it's tough because he he struggled so much because he had that injury. And now it's sort of a well, we've got to see how he recovers from that. But just just the difference between you and I and what we consider our number one prospect it's it's really interesting to see you get a, a group of 30 people 30 people all in one room and ask them who their number one rockies prospect is there's probably going to be a lot of same answers and it's probably going to be a lot of different answers there's a couple commenters uh, at least one in the polling thread who put drew romo as our top prospect, <laughs> yeah, I saw that which is a really interesting choice one that i might not necessarily agree with but i can definitely understand where they are coming from with this because if drew romo hits if drew romo can be really the first drafted and developed long-term franchise catcher for this organization that's going to be gigantic the impact is is astronomically high yeah and and that could be what people look at is okay how close is this guy coming to impact the big league roster drew romo really close zach veen and also Amador. Amador is still kind of blocked, unless the Rockies make some other moves type of thing. But, you know, Veen is, is right there. If he can have a really good spring and, and other stuff, right field's open. There's still a revolving door in right field. He could take that. So, like, a lot of the prospect rankings also is like, what have you done for me lately? And whereas... You know, I feel like that's how you should address your big league roster. And there's a lot more context that goes into ranking a prospect than I would say a big league guy. Because with the prospect, you're like, okay, well, what was he struggling with at this level? Oh, what adjustments do we, does he need to make now that what's different from last year? Is he playing hurt? Why is he playing hurt? Oh, he's having trouble in this jump to this level in the minors. Why is that? type of thing whereas at the big leagues it's kind of a a different kind of ranking adjustment period evaluating guys but for sure and and even then it's the once guys get to like the uh, we always talk about how big of a leap it is between a level ball low a and high a and then double a and triple a mm-hmm. and then you take that biggest leap of them all and it's going to be really interesting because a couple of these prospects we're expecting to get uh, major league training camp invites uh, yeah. the rockies have not released their list of camp invites yet i'm hoping they do so soon because we're about a month away from pitchers and catchers report but i would expect julio carreras zach veen drew romo and several other you know big name prospects to be invited to big league camp this year and see if they can either make a further name for themselves or potentially even crack a roster spot like you said about zach veen there's if he really wows in spring training there is a non-zero chance that they could go all right kid you're in right field let's go get us that draft pick go out and win rookie of the year which wouldn't happen but oh i won't say wouldn't happen it's always a possibility yes highly the closest we ever got to having rookie of the year was tulo and todd helton hey jason jennings i won't stand for this erasure that that's how bad it is i literally keep forgetting and i loved jason jennings that he actually won rookie of the year 
I talked about this with Patrick Lyons when he was on an interview episode a while ago. <laughs> or if you ask somebody who is the Rockies one rookie of the year award winner, how many people would be able to guess it was Jason Jennings? I think very few, especially considering that, you know, he had a decent career, but it never really lived up to that potential that he established yeah. coming out of a Ralph Poteet high school. <laughs> it's the show, uh, show Patrick that I remember. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I would love to have a new rookie of the year one of these days. And maybe one of these prospects on the perps rankings could do it. But over here, before we wrap up this conversation, we'll touch on here. Uh, Baseball America, they released their top 100 prospects. And Rockies ended up with three on their list. Coming in at number six, Adel Amador. Coming in at 61, Chase Dolander. Dolander? And number 92, Yankeel Fernandez. Uh, also, guys getting votes was Jordan Beck, Sterling Thompson, Zach Veen, and uh, international signing prospect was it Robert Callis? Yeah, so, I mean, you you could ask me how to pronounce it, and I probably wouldn't give you the right answer. I've been saying Callas, but that's probably not right. <laughs> <laughs> but what I really like, it's really nice to see Adele Amador up there in the top fifty for Baseball America. Yeah. You know, that's something that the Rockies very rarely crack. Um, both for MLB Pipeline, Baseball America, Baseball Perspectives, a lot of these, um, a lot of these big inter, big prospect rankings. So for Adele Amador to be that high at number thirty six, and then I am also really happy to see uh, pitching getting that high up on the list. The yeah. Chase Dollander pick has been very popular, and it's it's very easy to see why. Where if, if he can be developed properly he is a potential ace in the making for this team yeah definitely and and with that no mlb pipeline ranked him in the top 10 right-handed pitching prospects and like you're saying like it's just cool to see a pitcher for the rockies be in that conversation and oh that's the benefit of the rockies drafting no ninth overall to get him and there's a lot of good pitchers in that in that class, and he just happened to fall. And you know, if he had had a really good senior or really good year, probably doesn't end up with the Rockies. But because he, you know, kind of struggled in this last season, and that caused his stock to drop a little bit. But yeah, this is a guy that was a top. What well, he was projected to be a like a top pick after his what junior year, sophomore year whichever one it was his really good year before this last one yeah, where he was you know, at his best or he could have been a number one overall pick and had that projection and then struggled this last season. And then he falls to ninth for the Rockies, which works out. He has a little hiccup and hopefully the Rockies can help him develop. And it's just nice to see him get that recognition and the Rockies like, Oh, we have a top prospect number 61 overall for baseball America a top 10 pitching prospect uh, among right-handers for MLB pipeline. That's a feather in your cap that you can really put some hopes on. And if we're lucky, we can potentially do it again next year with the third overall pick. Mm -hmm. I, 
I can all but guarantee you that unless they're going for best player available, the Rockies are going to take a pitcher. Yeah, that would be that would be my guess because we don't need more outfielders. We don't need another outfielder. <laughs> we got plenty of those right now. And yeah, I would I don't want that weird random second baseman out of Oregon. Like if it doesn't really fit a need because we have other guys that fit those needs. Are you talking Travis Bazana out of Oregon State? Yeah. Though that would be a fun name to have on a jersey. <laughs> Bazana? Bazana Banana? Bospinga. The Savannah Bazanas? <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of guys who are currently two way if you if you look at it's it's way too early to really be looking at any of this super seriously but if you look at the uh, mlb pipeline draft uh draft rankings currently there's a decent number of guys who are currently listed as two-way players uh probably my favorite is Braden montgomery out of texas a&m who's got a uh 70 uh graded arm as an outfielder and a pitcher but like I said, way too early for any of that right now, but still fun to think about. And I don't, I don't see the Rockies being the type of organization that would let a guy be a two-way player, which is a bummer. Yeah, that's. I think that would be the big thing. Yeah, they wouldn't. They wouldn't allow that. They just pick him if he has a really good arm. Okay, you're going to be a pitcher. Yeah. But, hey, they need pitching. But yeah. So we'll still see. I think. I think official top 100 from MLB Pipeline is still getting put together. That uh, hasn't be been released yet. The Friday after this podcast releases, yeah. I believe it is scheduled to release on the 26th. So that's coming up. But yeah, ranking of prospects always a fun time for folks. But uh, I love yeah. that anime. Mm-hmm. What? Oh, there's an obscure <laughs> reference. <laughs> It's the anime ranking of kings. Oh, okay. that's that's for you, one other fan who understands that reference. <laughs> yes, he finally said it. Anyways, Cut the commercial. My, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and oh man, we're losing viewers by the thousands. I didn't know we so had that many in the first place. You see the, you see the gauge going down. It's like, no, no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, ranking the prospect, continue to check out purplero.com. Those are coming out a bunch. There's, like, still, like, 25 more to go. Oh, more than that. Yeah, like 27. 20, there are 28. There are 28 to go. And uh, we're probably pretty sure Adel Amador is going to be number one. That's my guess. If not, he's going to be number two. I, I, he's going to be one or two. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, good stuff. All right, we're going to take one last break here. And when we come back, we're just going to look ahead to 2024. Who are we excited to watch? What are prospects to keep an eye on? Who are we excited to, to keep an eye on? Who may be under the radar to have a big year, to have an impact on the big league roster, all kinds of other prospect hot takes when we come back so don't go anywhere you never see me coming welcome back here to affected by altitude i'm skyler that's evan packer 
man. Yes, I pack Evans. I'm very good at it. Mm-hmm. All, I spent all day in the Evan factory packing away Evans into their little boxes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That was These really episodes dumb. keep going off I'm, the rails. I'm sorry. I'm I'm so sorry. <laughs> Look what you did. But uh, 2024, it's here. Spring training's in about a month where we'll get to see some uh, see prospects in big league camp. There'll be the spring breakout game against the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm excited that'll, for that. I that'll think be interesting. That is such a good idea that I don't know why they weren't doing it previously. Yeah, because it's cool. Gets if you don't recall, it's meant to have teams be able to put a I think what like a 25 man roster of just their top prospects or just prospects in general, but ideally their top prospects and put them in a game together to match up against another team in an exhibition. And the Rockies have drawn the Arizona Diamondbacks because, hey, we share the same facility. So logistics, that's pretty easy. But Nobody has to travel. Yeah. So, But it's going to be really cool. I think it's a night game because they're part of – it's going to be a little seven-inning game. I think it's part of a doubleheader. I don't know if the big league game will be seven innings. I would assume maybe. It's spring training, so they can do whatever the heck they want. It could be two innings for all I care. Oh, yeah. They could literally just go, now nah, we're done. Uh, top half of an inning. Rockies, you're pitching. Like, no! Pitch. <laughs> a ceremonial first pitch. pitch. Is it a strike? Yes. Rockies win. Good game, everybody. <laughs> Hit the showers. But it should be pretty exciting to see you know, Chase Dolander. I'm ex- so that's what I'm... To get things started, Chase Dolander, we're continuing that conversation. He's who I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do in the regular season. He didn't really pitch much. He took a break. No, after he was drafted, the Rockies like, okay, yeah, you can take a break. We'll work on some things. He threw some in instructional league in like mid-September or into October. And that's just like instructional, hanging out, learning things, simulated games kind of situation. But I'm excited to see what he can do in a full, kind of like with Gabriel Hughes, who uh, unfortunately recovering from Tommy John surgery. But to see what he can do on a mound probably start out in what Fresno and and see what he can do in Fresno and just see what his progression is this next year. Yeah, I think a lot of the the pitchers that we draft, excuse me, a lot of the pitchers that we drafted in the top 10 of the 2023 draft are guys who are going to be really exciting to watch. Chase Dollander, also uh, lefty Sean Sullivan out of Wake mm-hmm. Forest. He's going to be really interesting to watch. I know a lot of people are incredibly high on the righty out of Tennessee, Seth Halverson, and uh, the righty out of Oral Roberts, Cade Denton. And then uh, I'm going to put some special respect on our 11th round pick, Stu Flesland third, just because it's a great name. Nice. Get your jersey ordered now. Less than three, baby. <laughs> Oddly enough, he wears number four. But uh, but, but uh, there's no, a lot we... of uh, there's a lot of guys that are going to be really interesting to watch in sort of their first minor league season with the organization. So the yeah. the fr- ACL Rockies, uh, the Fresno Grizzlies, and the Spokane Indians are going to be a great place to turn your attention to. Uh, the Grizzlies do an awesome job at televising most of their games, which is available if you have an MLB TV subscription uh, available for you to watch via yeah. that. 
and, or it's even if you just get like the game day audio, it's available with that. So you don't have to worry about blackouts because then you could still listen to the games because that's probably going to be <laughs> at the moment. It's the only way you'd be able to watch Rocky's games is just <laughs> listening to them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so even that's that cheap. I think it's like seven bucks a month type of thing. And you get all the minor league games available with the isotopes and yard goats who all have their games broadcast. Tell them if this was, if any year for them to get a broadcast, Spokane, like we're begging you broadcast your games. I'll come do it. I'll come do the play by play. I need the job anyway. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to move to Spokane. Yeah. I, I've lived two years in Oregon. Like I'm used to the weather. I'll Spokane's move up to Washington. Spokane, Washington. It's Pacific Northwest. There's how about that? Uh, how about that? The only ice di- <laughs> in Portland this last week. Yeah, I was hearing about that freezing rain. <laughs> but uh, the only difference between Washington and Oregon is that in Washington they don't have property or they don't have like property tax, or like income tax of some kind. There's one. In- there's one tax they don't have, and there's no sales tax in Oregon. So people would just hop the line from like hop over the line if they live close enough to Portland they just hop over the state border go to like the Winco or something they're in Portland so they're not paying sales tax and then they go back over and there's some other tax they don't have to pay there in uh, in Washington the more you know I, I would love for more Spokane games to be to be broadcast and yeah. televised because um, it, it's really the one that they have the fewest um, televised broadcasts of any Rockies affiliate um fresno does great the albuquerque and hartford yard goats are um uh broadcasts are both fantastic their radio broadcasts are very good as well this is the year i think if if you're ever going to start really following minor league baseball this is the year to do it yeah yes sir. and i think that's going to be the story to watch throughout the year it's like yeah we'll, we'll get into this but for me it's how does the pitching do what is the landscape of pitching the landscape of pitching how are they going to do in the minors this year because there's a lot of intriguing names we need some guys to really start balling out and showing hey i am ready to attack coors field and take over a spot in that rotation in 2025 even i'm ready to come up and take a spot and help this team win on the mound as the next wave of homegrown pitchers which hey we need it. Yeah, and, and there's uh, another guy that you should be keeping an eye out is Carson Palmquist. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of really interesting pitching that I want to keep an eye out. Um, you know, unfortunately, we had a lot of guys who fell to Tommy John, like Gabriel Hughes, Jordy Vargas. Uh, but there are some guys who are going to be really interesting, especially um, – I think Carson Palmquist is poised to really put his name even further on the map per MLB pipeline. He's our number 21 prospect. Um, some guys we picked up in trades last year, like Jake Madden and Mason Albright. Um, Victor Vodnik, who made his MLB debut, he's going to be really interesting to watch and see how he does and if he's going to get more MLB playing time right out of the gate. And then I still want to, I talked about him a little bit in the last section, but uh zach agnos who was with the fresno grizzlies in 2023 in 52 and one-thirds inning he had a 2.06 era over 46 appearances with 27 saves 
Mm-hmm. Das ist gut. There are guys to be interested in and excited about at every level. Yeah. And, and I think the big, the biggest challenge too is I want to see them maybe be a little bit more aggressive if a guy's doing okay oh, in, in double A. Call him up. Yeah, they need call him up to triple A because they need to face that altitude challenge and really attack that because I believe at a higher elevation than than a Denver at Coors Field. It's not much, but it's like a thousand feet or so. Yeah, the PCL is already an incredibly hitter friendly league and then dealing with the um the altitude in Albuquerque is is definitely something that they would need to do. Though even then though, if you I, I occasionally you hear some people worry about like they're gonna go to Albuquerque and it's gonna ruin them. It's all right then. Call them straight up. If you think they're yeah. ready to go. And we've had well, that a couple times. Remember Antonio Sensatello went straight from double A to the big leagues. Yeah. Might not have been the best decision though, because he only had like one pitch. He really did at the time, but <laughs> look at how he's developed since then. Yeah. Now he has two pitches. <laughs> he has three. Still very reliant on that fastball. But it thing is that is if you're worried about Albuquerque hurting their confidence, what do you think Coors Field's going to do to him? Like the benefit of having Albuquerque as your AAA affiliate, the same as with Colorado Springs. Colorado Springs is technically a higher elevation than Coors Field. Because what, they're at like 6,700. That's why I always, that's why I always liked having our AAA affiliate in Colorado Springs. Yeah. Is that you're playing in Colorado. This is about as similar as as it's going to get to playing at Coors Field. Mm -hmm. But if, if that's the benefit of having Albuquerque at least too is, okay, that's still higher altitude. If you can learn to get the mental fortitude here or learn to perform here, conquer the demon here, you're going to be so much better off when you head up to, to Coors Field in the, into the big leagues. My, my main thing is stop using elevation as an excuse for everything. Yeah, you've had 30 years to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, at this point you're just ignorant. Like but, that's the thing is is they really have had thirty years to figure out the core's hangover and pitching at altitude. So we've it's tried to, nothing, and we're and all, we're all out of ideas. ideas. So it's time to start showing some results. Yeah. Like, do you need to adjust your humidor somehow? Work with Major League Baseball and scientists? Figure it out, man. Anyways, that's a whole other tangent. Yeah. But, yeah there's a lot of pitching to look at. Michael Prosecchi is another one. Mitchell Prosecchi. Michael Prosecchi? Prosecchi. I'll just yeah, call him Prosecchi. Lot, he was a lot of fun last year as well. He's another one to watch. But uh, Mason Albright is one for me that I'm really intrigued. I'm excited to watch what he can do because I just recognize the name from like MLB The Show or playing out of the park baseball. You know, recognizing that name like, oh, yeah, the top prospect for a team. And came over in the CJ Crone and Randall Gritchick trade, so he's got that special place in my heart. I liked both those players, and now their legacy, their trade legacy, now continues on. In Mason Albright, lefty had a good little stint when he came over to the Rockies. 
And so still, we'll, we'll see. Still very young too. He's yeah. only 21. Yeah. I thought he was older for some reason when I thought he came home. Like, oh, he's probably like, like 24, 25. No, he's 21. I'm like, oh, yeah, geez. Uh, I believe the Angels drafted him out of high school. Yeah. Um, he's six foot, weighs a buck 90. Uh, but came out of the the 2021 draft. He was a 12th round pick, and he's up there. I think he's like 23rd or 22nd in the Rockies rankings. Yeah. But he's got a good curveball. He's got a good changeup. He's got a good fastball. He's got a good cutter. He's got a really interesting pitch mix out of a a lefty pitcher, which the Rockies always need more lefties. We've always been so right-handed heavy for a long, long time. And I'm, I'm really interested to see how he does. I really liked that trade at the time. And I think it continues to going to be going to continue to be really interesting. Yeah. It will probably start the year in Spokane, but, uh, It'll be exciting to to see how he if he does really well there, then move up move him up to double A and see what happens. Outside of your your top guys, your Zach Veen, your Dale Amador, your Yankiel Fernandez, who would you say your top positional guy that you are excited to watch in uh twenty twenty four is gonna be? For me it's still Sterling Thompson. Uh, he's probably still up there, but like it's between Thompson and Jordan Beck. Oh, also Benny Montgomery is still in there, but he's considered one of the top ones. Yeah. Yeah. I think Sterling Thompson, just because I think of the infield, or he, who was it? I can't remember who it was, but uh, Thompson just has that really good bat that the Rockies need. He's a good, oh, I think he's a con- good contact bat and uh, had a really good uh, Arizona Fall League stint. So he's got a good plate approach. He's got some power in there. He's probably not going to hit a ton, but he's still got some pop. And it just would be a really good left-handed bat that he's got second base in his repertoire now. So that adds into that mix if he can be a little bit of a utility infielder, play third base thing, and he can play some good defense. So a lot of these prospects put pressure on the Rockies' big league roster of, okay, some of these guys need to actually like start doing things living up to some contracts otherwise we'll look at some trade opportunities to open up some space for sure and i'm also very high on sterling uh i was delighted with the draft pick at the time uh he was one of the guys who i wanted the rockies to draft and when we got him i was really happy about that um same with mike honcho and with benny montgomery i think benny montgomery after having a really good uh arizona fall league is going to be really interesting to watch this year of just like He's sort of been been slowly falling down the rankings in terms of Rockies prospects, and I think that's that's kind of unfair considering that he's still very young. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see how he does. There are a couple of other guys that I really want to see what they do. Uh, Cole Carrig is one of them. Mm-hmm. He is just a really interesting player, uh, as well as uh, Kyle Karos. The, mm-hmm. uh, the son of former Rockies killer Eric Karos, both of whom had really solid first years with the Rockies organization following the draft. It's like, like I said, there are guys at every level to be really interested in and to be to make it worth watching. Yeah, because if you don't, if you feel like, yeah, I don't want to watch that dumpster fire at Coors Field, then pay attention to the minor leagues. Like this is a prime year to get yourself, I guess, ingrained into the next generation that's coming up. So then when they do 
start maybe cracking into the big league roster, you can come back and start caring about the the Rockies again. Yeah, Generation R, two point mm-hmm. as opposed to the failed Generation R when they tried to have a bunch of pirates play the game. Isn't that what they're doing right now? Oh. Our catching tandem is literally the catching tandem of the Pittsburgh Pirates from like 2019. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <It's> so stupid. <laughs> Generation R. Yar. Yar. We be here to plunder your baseballs. Yar. I'm sorry. I tried to <laughs> kill you, Squiddy. I just wanted the gold that was in your belly. That's a sea captain from The Simpsons. I was trying to think of quotes from um, uh, what's his name, the pirate from the Lego movie. No, Metal Beard. Yeah, it was like Metal Beard. So I'm just like, oh, me, me heart be at the bottom of the sea. Have you ever seen the sunset at three p.m.? I once. No, The Simpsons. But yeah. Uh, that's handsome Pete. He dances for nickels down by the pier. No, not a quarter. Oh, he'll be dancing for hours at this point. Yar. I was marooned here by teenage pirates. But, um, yeah, a lot, lot of prospects to keep an eye on. And we find this Uh, this year. Do we see him take over second base? I don't know. It's the Rockies need to figure out what they're doing with Brendan Rogers. If Brendan Rogers is going to be here long-term, then no, if they trade Brendan Rogers, then I do think we see Amador at some point this year. I think back to an article that, uh, again, Thomas Harding wrote is talking about Amador that the Rockies are going to give him every opportunity to make his way onto the big league roster to take second to make his way onto the big league roster. And if you check out our YouTube channel, I did a bonus video doing the opening day lineups quiz. I got an 85% or 84% though. They stole one of my points, but, uh, Brendan Rogers has only has one opening day start with the Rockies. That's wild. <laughs> Yeah, one opening day start. Otherwise, he's been injured or was a was a prospect that wasn't on the roster. But mostly, he's been injured. That quiz was a lot of fun. I I did really well, minus like the two thousand three to two thousand five lineups. Mm. Like, how was I supposed to remember that Kit Pello was the starting left fielder in two thousand four? Come on, mm-hmm. come on. But it's the thing, a reminder of Brendan Rogers. They've pinned so many hopes on him, but he's he's never going to be that franchise second baseman they wanted him to be. Yeah, and it's where they probably should have. I love B-Rod, but they probably should have traded him a couple of years ago when he was at peak value. Yep. It's, it's still trade him now for something. Because then you can trade him, and then if you need, well, we'll see. Would any trade him, and then if you need, go get like Adam Frazier. To play for just for the year until Amador's until they feel confident. Okay, Amador's got two months in. At that point, just put Alan Trejo at second base. Yeah, 
They want a lefty bat, and he would provide a lefty bat. Yar, would any of you be interested in signing or in trading for a second baseman who's won a gold glove? Who may or who's had to have both of his shoulders reconstructed somehow. But let's let's not talk about don't ask to see the car facts. <laughs> yeah. We've been doing a lot of impressions recently in episodes. Especially this one. And all none of them are good. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think my pirate is fine. Thank you very much. <laughs> Yeah. If you think you can do a better pirate impression, I'd like to see a Troy. A Troy McClure? Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You may remember me from such films as Susie Doesn't Live Here Anymore and The Planet of the Apes, the musical. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking of something. Anyways, uh, a lot of these prospects. To wrap it all back up, circle it back. <laughs> <laughs> now that we've gone thoroughly off the rails. Yeah, we had to reach our overextended episode quota. But a lot of these prospects, position players especially, put their performance will hopefully force the Rockies' hands. So if you're not going to use them on the big league roster, trade them away for talent that you need. Or vice versa. To make room for them to be able to play and trade away players for talent that you need. Exactly. Like, at, at, this is the point in the Rockies history where they need to make the mind flip of stop hoarding your prospects. Like stop hoarding them because, and taking that gamble. If you need big league talent, go out and get it and trade what you need to, to get it. Don't overextend yourself. You still need them. But if you have the opportunity and you don't feel like, oh, so-and-so, we're high on this prospect, but we have an option to bring in something that's going to fit a need. Benny Montgomery, we love him, but we don't have a space for him. Was We're putting all in on Brenton Doyle or something. Okay, well, we can bring in this bigly-ready pitching talent. Or you thing. could even do Be a prospect everything. for prospect swap. Yeah. Of we have this great outfield prospect, but our outfield is so jam packed. You have this great pitching prospect that we want, but you need outfield prospects. Mm-hmm. Like just be open o- to everything. It's okay to play swapsies, and it's okay to go, even if it's a guy you drafted and you've developed and you're really high on. Go, this guy doesn't really fit into the future right now. Yeah, don't let your fear of FOMO of the prospect doing better elsewhere. Don't let that hold you back. Because that happens to every team. Every single team has a prospect that they've traded away that ended up doing pretty well. We just did that to the Guardians last year. Even then, I still think that Juan Brito can be a pretty solid player for the Guardians. Yeah. But they really needed Nolan Jones last year. He's ours now. (laughs) Suckers. He's mine now. Anyways. That's going to do it here for this edition of Affected by Altitude. We'll close this out before we subject you to any more uh, impressions. What's that? Oh, no. Robo Dick Monfort. He's charging. No, I'm not. 52% charged. (laughs) 
coincidentally how many games we can win. We're going to win. I look, everyone's like, oh, I don't know whether to take the over or under on, on 60.5. The Rockies are going to win more than 60 games. Take they have the... not objectively gotten worse than they were last year. They also haven't objectively gotten better. That, that is true. <laughs> Just bet 60 games. 61. Anyways, but that'll do it here. Uh, Evan, where can the folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and threads at Evan underscore Lang 27. You can find me on Blue Sky at Evan Lang 27.bsky.social. You can hit me up on purplerow.com doing the Thursday rock piles. And I know all the words to the Planet of the Apes, the musical from The Simpsons. Oh, that's nice. I love legitimate theater. I, oh, I love legitimate theater. Uh, you can find me over on X, formerly known as Twitter, uh, at sideline underscore crowd. Find me at Purple Row, writing Wednesday rock piles, and writing stuff over at fansforsports.com. Trying to pay the bills. Good stuff. We'll just another sit underrated for two minutes. Another underrated musical bit from The Simpsons is the uh, I'm checking in the story of the Betty Ford Clinic. <laughs> I'm checking in. He's checking in. <laughs> yes, good stuff. Hey, that's just my aspirin. Chuck it out. <laughs> guys and dolls. We're just a bunch of guys and dolls. <laughs> I think it's really underrated how Luke, many be a Jedi tonight. Just be a Jedi tonight. Do it for Yoda. You know, other show has a bunch of really good musical bits is Bob's Burgers. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. What's your favorite musical bit from The Simpsons or Bob's Burgers? Let us know in the comments, <laughs> as well as letting us know what impressions we should do next week. Or stop doing. <laughs> no, if they say please, if they're if everyone in the comments is like, please, God, stop, no more impressions, that just encourages me to do more impressions. This is also true. We do the opposite, just like the Rockies. <laughs> Alrighty. Finally, we'll close this out. Until next time, uh, be sure to go check out the most recent episode of Every Rocky Ever. We talked about the Super Bullpen. Find that on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Just find Rocky Mountain Rooftop. And we're under that whole banner. Same as on YouTube. Go check stuff out. All your support is greatly appreciated. And you can always follow us on both Twitter at Twitter and YouTube at Rocky Mountain Rooftop. That's at R-O-C-K-Y-M-T-N Rooftop. Mm-hmm. Helton Hall of Fame. Hopefully we'll have an extra episode coming out soon with really good news. So, farewell! Farewell the shrine of the silver monkey.